This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. USDA made no changes to U.S. corn ending stocks, only minor changes to wheat and soybeans. USDA left corn ending stocks unchanged from March at 1.44 million bushels. Soybean ending stocks were lowered 25 million bushels to 260 million bushels on a 25 million bushel increase in exports. Wheat ending stocks were raised 25 million bushels to 678 million, coming on a 15 million bushel reduction in exports and a 10 million bushel reduction to feed and residual use. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says even though the April supply and demand report was was a highlight, traders added risk premium into this grain market all day going into the weekend. For the concerns with the war, um, uncertain uh, how that's going to go, uh, uncertain with the weather in Brazil where we need a big crop is turning drier, and uh, you know starting to watch the weather here in the uh, Midwest early yet. Uh, but but it's just starting to come into focus, and then the dryness in the southern plains. Progressive ag marketing market analyst Brian Strawman says there were no big surprises in the USDA supply demand report. The markets are firm this morning. Uh, again, you look at unchanged stocks for corn. Uh, the soybeans were down 25 million bushels with an increase in exports, and, and wheat stocks were up 25 million bushels by trimming exports and, and feed usage. So uh, nothing big, pretty close to estimates, and, and no big surprises. USDA raised Brazil's corn production 2 million tons from the March report to 116 million metric tons. USDA says the increase reflects increased area with yield expectations unchanged. And as expected, Brazil's soybean production was cut 2 million metric tons to 125 million tons. That's in line with trade expectations. Argentina's corn and soybean production were left unchanged at 53 million tons of corn and 43.5 million tons of soybeans. USDA increased global old crop corn ending stocks to 305.5 million metric tons, slightly more than the highest trade guess. USDA says foreign corn ending stocks are higher, reflecting increases in Ukraine, Serbia and the EU, being partly offset by a reduction in Canada. Global soybean ending stocks were lowered 400,000 tons on a reduced production in Brazil and Paraguay. Global wheat supplies are projected to be at a five-year low, 278.4 million metric tons. That's down 3.1 million from the March estimate, mainly due to a reduction in India's crop being partially offset by an increase in EU supplies. Utterback Marketing President Bob Utterback says while the market has been very volatile, there's more bullish news for the grains than bearish news. But he says the livestock market will need to move higher. Until we get the feed costs under control, the financial incentive to produce more, uh, I mean, the prices are going to have to move higher in the meats, and that's what we're seeing. We've got hogs up here in, in the wheat, relatively firm. We've been climbing consistently. Cattle prices are climbing. But cattle are not as ambitious as the hog mucker. But I think you're going to see the chicken numbers with the chicken. Uh, I think all the meats are basically going to tighten up. And the question will be, you know, supply will be constrained because of feed costs. And the question is consumer resistance because of higher prices. Because we are now start seeing bacon prices at very high levels. And sticker shot is setting in. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan.
Are you looking to add maternal, growth, or carcass traits to your beef herd? Or how about a free lunch? Come join us April 10th, 2 p.m. at the Clearwater County Fairgrounds in Bagley, Minnesota for the North Country Angus Alliance production sale. Selling 45 registered black Angus bulls, 15 commercial open replacement heifers, two registered open replacement heifers, and three registered cow-calf pairs. Sale video and catalog can be found at dvauction.com. Hope to see you April 10th, noon lunch, at the Clearwater County Fairgrounds for the North Country Angus Alliance production sale. Don't miss the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on the Red River Farm Network. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, and wheat. We do that digging by talking with numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors in the North Harvest region or wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235 on this Red River Farm Network station. The dry bean scene brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. With a look at this week in news, I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota crop farmers had strong financials in 2021. Those stronger financials are due to a combination of factors, including higher commodity prices and a good crop insurance indemnity. Northland Community and Technical College Farm Business Management Instructor Ron DeVergstein says... It's a nice change. You know, even in some of the drought uh, restricted areas, it was amazing to see the ability that those farms had to actually uh, generate a profit. But farmers are concerned about what 2022 will bring. Strong commodity prices remain, but cash expenses could get iffy. Already this year, rent and fertilizer prices have increased. Most likely, the crop that will get uh, produced in 2022 will be the most expensive as far as dollars spent on producing it in the history of, of farmers. Just across the board, we're going to be looking at more dollars spent on a per acre base for each farm than they've ever spent in prior years. The saving grace is that we do have higher higher commodity prices, and right now, assuming a, a normal production year, things still do pencil out. Ukraine's new agriculture minister still expects the war-torn country to bring in a crop this year and says they'll be able to export grain. However, the agriculture minister also admitted the fuel shortage will make the situation difficult. So next group chief commodities economist Arlen Suderman still believes the crop production forecast for Ukraine is optimistic. There's a psychological reason for that. You have to have hope in order to survive. So they remain optimistic that they can plant crops on 50% of their acreage, but we believe that the challenges are going to be great enough and we're seeing some of that acknowledgement now without the resources, without the fertilizer and the fuel. In the wake of the Russia-Ukraine war, wheat supplies are expected to fall short. In a letter to the National Grain and Feed Association, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said it would be impractical to open the Conservation Reserve Program for emergency planting. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls wants EPA Administrator Michael Regan to allow the use of E15 during the summer driving season. In a letter, Walls wrote the EPA can use its emergency waiver authority and allow the use of E15 to provide cost savings to drivers. EPA Administrator Michael Regan told the Senate Committee on Environment and Public Works that E15 use across the country was being considered by the Biden administration. The president has indicated correctly that we're looking at all of the tools in our toolbox. We are currently evaluating what flexibilities we have around E15. This week, qualified livestock producers should be receiving their first round of payments from the Emergency Livestock Relief Program. North Dakota Senator John Hoven says the first round of payments are based on the Livestock Forage Program. And it'll be 75 
5% of whatever uh, rancher received under LFP. And they don't have to apply. It'll, it'll just be, it'll go out to them. A second round of payments are expected for livestock producers, but the additional round of money will go to help those who sold animals during the drought conditions. Highly pathogenic avian influenza has been detected in at least 24 states, including the Dakotas and Minnesota. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says this outbreak is different from 2015 because many states are dealing with backyard outbreaks compared with outbreaks on commercial poultry farms. Cases continue to increase in Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Minnesota legislature approved $1 million to help the state deal with the highly pathogenic avian influenza. The bill is awaiting Governor Tim Walz's signature. Minnesota lawmakers could not reach an agreement on a drought relief package before leaving for spring break. Now lawmakers from both chambers will be meeting in a conference when they return to St. Paul April 19th. The Minnesota soybean processors will host town hall discussions next Tuesday and Wednesday to discuss the proposed Castleton Soybean Crush Plant. This will take place at the Castleton City Hall Auditorium in Castleton, North Dakota. That's a look at this weekend news. I'm Kara Hart on the Red River Farm Network. With the risks found in agriculture, it's important to have a crop insurance agent that understands your situation. Someone who will review your numbers and consider the different scenarios. Someone who understands farm programs and add-on options. Irie Insurance is here to help. With real-world experience, Irie Insurance will customize a plan to minimize your risk. Find out more at irieinsurance.com. You're protected and appreciated at Irie. Providing play-by-play -play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. I guess I'd be surprised to see us make a real uh, emphatic statement, you know, between now and the close, just because, you know, the rain is, as it stands now, is, is got to be pretty much in the market. Numbers are available anywhere, but when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. The Dakotas have experienced dry conditions creeping further east in the region. According to the U.S. Drought Monitor, North Dakota has seen a slight increase in abnormally dry conditions since last week. South Dakota is still seeing over 45% of the state in severe drought with little change from last week. Minnesota is faring well with only small spots of abnormally to moderate dry conditions in the central and northern parts of the state. With much of the region still recovering from last year's drought, moisture is still very much needed to keep pastures green for the upcoming year. However, NDSU climatologist Adnan Accuse says the three-month outlook for North Dakota's growing season looks grim. Uh, this is the three-month outlook from April through June, and unfortunately conditions are the same. But when we look at even further into next growing season, this is June through August, and if you look into much later into growing season, we will see the same pattern, which is above normal and much above normal conditions in temperature and below normal and much below normal conditions in precipitation. Uh, this is alarming. It may indicate repeat of the 2021 and for locations that are already experiencing extreme drought conditions, especially in the northwestern portions of the state, perhaps the condition in 2022 is going to be much worse. South Dakota Grasslands Coalition Education Coordinator and Consultant Specialist Dan Rasmussen says Central South Dakota has been dry for over two years. Well, for the past 
two and a half years, uh, in some areas three years, South Dakota has experienced uh, very low rainfall, other than just small little niche areas that have gotten some adequate rainfall. So people have been selling cattle, destocking, um, trying to get ahead of this drought. As of this spring now, it has come to the critical point where there are a lot of ranches, West River especially, that uh, the grass is, is gone as far as grazable grass, and there isn't much hope for more grass coming. Rasmussen keeps a drought plan ready on years where he suspects the soil profile will be dry. Uh, on our ranch, we started with a drought plan back in uh, 1999. We run cow-calf yearlings, and uh, we buy some calves, and we have a custom yearling program. Our initial drought plan is to destock, starting with the custom yearlings, and they can go with a week's notice. They can be gone from the ranch. That keeps us ahead of, uh, on our stocking rate, so we're not behind the eight ball during these dry years. But the long-range approach to drought planning really needs to be in, in grazing management and, and soil health. In the first USDA crop progress report of the season, 46% of North Dakota's topsoil moisture is rated short to very short. Only 37% of ranchers report adequate supplies of hay and forage. Calving is 38% complete, which compares to 46% last year. Field work in Minnesota has been limited to spreading manure or applying fertilizer on dry ground. 85% of Minnesota has adequate to surplus topsoil moisture. That's a different story from last year when over 40% of the topsoil was short of moisture. In South Dakota's first weekly crop progress report of the season, spring wheat plantings are at 6% complete, right behind last year at this time, but near the five-year average. South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says some of that is in the south-central part of South Dakota, an area that doesn't typically grow much spring wheat. That's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor for the Red River Farm Network. Here's BASF Technical Service Rep Ken Dybert with more on the power of Sferix fungicide. Sferix fungicide is a new product containing two of the most effective active ingredients for fusarium head blight. Sferix will also provide best-in-class scab protection and dawn suppression. Sferix will be labeled in wheat, durum, and barley and should be applied at full heading in barley or early flowering in wheat at the 7.3 fluid ounce per acre use rate for best-in-class disease protection. Contact your local retailer or BASF representative. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com, you'll find news, podcasts, weather and more.